0: Corporate Unplugged opens the door to a world of people transforming business. They share their dreams, their experiences, and what they would never give up. I'm so glad to have Dorota Stanczyk here with me from Exotic uh, Bali. Welcome to my podcast, Dorota.
1: Thank you so much.
0: I'm so grateful to be here with you. Thank you. And just as a short intro, uh, Dorota Stanchik is an award-winning Polish visual artist, creative director, documentary filmmaker, speaker, and writer. And she combines her knowledge about art, about consciousness and personal growth to create inspiring transformational talks, keynotes, and workshops all around the world. And she teaches people how to tap into their biggest creative potential. Uh,
1: So, Dorota, actually, you're in Bali right now. What are you doing there? I just had um, a workshop on conscious relating, actually. I just finished my book on relationship and how we can improve connection not only with ourselves, but also with other people. And so I'm developing uh, new programs and workshops and retreats around that topic,
0: up until uh, recently you've been part of you could say the corporate world and you run a, a big creative agency as well and you've been executive creative director of Mind Valley, which is uh, by the way an amazing I think company that I'm a fan of as they are creating a new education system for a new world actually what do you feel now um, when you look at that experience what did you create there at Valley, and, and what
1: did you learn from that experience it was actually a first time in my life when I was truly working for a corporation. I I had my own creative agency for over 10 years, based in Paris, and I was doing everything uh, starting from photography, video making, branding, scenography, and all... Possible creative projects you can imagine, working with record labels and um, cooperation all around the world, building art, building startups, and really designing visual identity for many different brands. Working with Mindvalley Valley was a huge shift in my life because for the first time I had a actually day-to-day job. I was no longer independent entrepreneur, and uh, I was responsible for leading thirty-plus people department of filmmakers, designers, writers, and content marketing specialists. And so we were creating basically innovative learning approaches and creating all this content that would uh, help people all around the world to have a different education in their life and to really um, have something that would fulfill them and, and bring them more awareness. So, my experience was was absolutely beautiful, but it was very intense at the same time. It was huge responsibility for sure, but the satisfaction and the inspiration and the motivation I had from working uh, with Mindvalley was huge. And I think the biggest, absolutely biggest gift for me was the community. Mindvalley created absolutely outstanding community of people who really um, not only have the same values, but really reunite to create an impact in the world. And it's such a time saver, because it's very hard to on a daily basis meet people who are truly aligned with you. And suddenly you go to an event organized with Valley and you meet thousands of people who have the same way of thinking, who holds the same value, who are interested in the same thing. It's such a shortcut to, to actually get you to the connection that is so much more powerful and, and deeper than a normal collection that we might have um, in our lives. So it showed me that, first of all, I was not feeling alone anymore i was feeling like oh my gosh i found my family i found my tribe and it helped me to really see what is possible and what is possible to create with people and what is possible to create all around the world and it really opened my eyes to a lot of things so i love collaborating with my valley we we are still collaborating on a documentary movie that we are doing together right now and i hope we can always collaborate
0: Fantastic. Now, I really, I've, I've experienced that community they have created around them. And I think that most companies, which is a dream about having such a community around them, because, I mean, it's really the clients become the community. So they've really managed to create that immense uh, stickiness.
1: Absolutely. And not only, you know, uh, clients, but they also, some people became speaker and teachers. Uh, within the community and I love this openness that there is a really possibility for growth people who might be students on the beginning uh, within a few years of time might become teachers and might inspire uh, thousands of people so it's really growing it's growing all around the world and I think it's a beautiful community to be part of definitely So now you work
0: more and more in the, you could say, the intersection between fine arts and uh, personal growth. But what led you to this sweet uh, spot?
1: What led me? Well, over 10 years of experience in arts and visual arts. And I think my passion for personal growth, I had um, around seven years ago, a massive shift of consciousness Where I realized it was not longer possible for me to live a life without being aware or without working in the field of awareness, perception, and simply consciousness and altered states and all of that. And after what have happened to me, I, I simply try to understand everything I could possibly understand about about our mind, about humans' relationships, about self love, about everything that would create a deeper connection within ourselves and allow ourselves to heal from anything.
0: I read this recently, a quote by uh, Walker Percy, and I just want to read it to you and see how you react. It says like this, the search is what anyone would undertake if they were not sunk in the everydayness of their own life. Correct. And to become aware of the possibility of the search is to be onto something. Not to be onto something is to be in despair. And at least to myself, when I when I read that first time, I said, Jesus, that's really how it feels. You know, you're we're all on the search onto something, but that doesn't mean that we're totally lost or anything. It's just that we're so driven by the search, which then leads us to interesting places. There there is an inherent kind of curiosity inside of us about discovering yourself, but also discovering everything around you that I think is so makes life worth living.
1: Yes, it's beautifully put. I think it's important to not get obsessed by our own search and our own goals and our own uh, mission. But it's if we keep a very healthy relationship with whatever our goals are and we treat them more as an intention, then we create this freedom from them, actually. And I believe that the more we become obsessed or attached to our own desires, the more we generate a fear that that things might not happen in our life. And we actually become dependent and we live on that fear. And the moment we actually are just simply able to appreciate every single day and be fully present, we're just sending intention of what we wish for ourselves to happen without really getting attached to the result, that's where the magic happens.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's, it's so true. It's that, that is really a magic spot. And I can see that also through other people that when they get to that spot, then things start to evolve.
1: Completely, it's like letting go, trusting. Completely trusting, sending intention, planting seeds and trusting. Seeds remember that it will become a tree. Seeds knows. It's we that we are lacking a trust sometimes. When we plant our own seeds, we forget that they know in what they are growing and what they are supposed to become. So we question that. But if we just plant seeds and and trust and put water into it, it's all going to grow perfectly fine in the perfect time. And one of your
0: keynotes is about conscious creativity. What would you say is like the key message in there for you know whether it's for a private individual or for a professional audience?
1: It's important to understand that creativity is nothing more than capacity to express our own emotions. If we can't express our own emotion, we can't be creative it's linked. So through emotional intelligence, through psychological tools, through very specific manipulation of the mind and also stimulation of the flow state, I show people how they can actually hack their own creativity. And then I teach them to have a different perception, to look at things completely differently, to question everything, how to develop new ideas, how to develop new projects, how to conceptualize every project. And then Finally, I show people how creativity and branding can be used in shifting people's perception about things and awareness. That is my biggest passion. So it's a really very powerful workshop to actually everybody. The most of feedback I received after this workshop, which is uh, of course always so beautiful to me, is "Oh my god! I thought I was not creative, and now you completely changed my mind." That is the feedback that I want because it's really for everybody. It's not only for people who consider themselves as artists or creatives. No, it's a way of being. It's a way of Bringing creativity to every single day of your life, starting from how you dress, how to make your meal, how to hold a conversation, how you look at things and how you combine things together, the association you make in your mind and all of that. So deductive thinking and all sorts of things that are happening in our mind. So it's a very powerful training that I honestly personally think that can be useful to absolutely everybody
0: everything i remember in the keynote that there was one quote or one uh, line that um, struck me in your in your background and it said uh, like this that what if i will never be anything more than i am here and now could i be okay with that it's two very simple lines but they are so core and they're so important because i think that i asked myself that question when i saw that during your keynote and i said wait, wait a moment. What what is my answer to this? What if I'll never be anything more than I am here and now? Is that okay for me? And first I got like a little bit scared and I said, Jesus, uh, wait, I have so many other things, so many more things that I would like to do. And you know, so it's not like I'm finished or things are over and I'm just sitting here. But the question is really not about that. We can have lots of ambitions and goals and so on, but it's really about accepting who you are and what you've done so far, and just be happy with it and be accepting it, right? And before I could uh, honestly answer yes to that question, then I could, uh, I felt a little bit more, let's say, um, at ease. <laughs> but it's an incredibly good question.
1: Yes. This is a question I, lo- I use in my self love workshops. This is the one I use in my talk. Um, in TEDx talk in Liege in Belgium this last year. It's an extremely powerful question because it forces you to accept who you are. And the biggest problem or obstacle on our way to actually fully love ourselves is a self-rejection. Self-rejection is not only rejecting the parts of you that you are conscious about, self-rejection is also rejecting those parts that you are not aware of. And When you think about this, actually, anybody who is afraid of rejection, it means specifically that they are actually rejecting a part of themselves. Because you can't be afraid of rejection without rejecting a part of yourself. So people are actually never really afraid of rejection. They are afraid of being rejected for who they are not. And that creates this massive desire of being seen. And when we fully accept who we are at every single moment, not only this desire to be seen dissolves because we see ourselves, but also fear of rejection dissolves because we no longer reject the part of us. And this question helps us to kind of put ourselves in this mentality. It's like, okay, what if I will never be anything more than I am here and now? Could I be okay with this? And suddenly you realize how much you have already achieved how much you have already done how beautiful person you have already become and this huge luggage of who you think you should be or who you think the others think you should be disappears and that is freedom
0: it's really profound and it's such a it's an excellent question i was happy when i saw it because it well, like struck uh, really a strong note so you, yeah, you're you're doing a fantastic uh, work and it's really, really interesting to follow you. Just one final question on, on your work today that you, you're coaching people, you know, how to free themselves from limiting self-perceptions and hidden beliefs and, and sabotaging themselves basically so that they really can like recreate who they are. But when you work with people like that, I guess that what you discover immediately is that everybody is having a difficulty to get to that very super transparent place, right? Absolutely. So difficult to get out of some kind of a role, some kind of a surface.
1: Completely. And that's why I love another another question that I love asking is like, who do you think you are? And are you ready to accept that you might actually not really know who you are in the first place? And I live my life with trying to never put a frame around me and being able to say I'm everything. Because the moment you put a frame of who you think you are or who you think the other think you are, you actually limit yourself in a certain vision of yourself. And sometimes that vision is not really beneficial. So if you do choose to name yourself in a certain way and you call yourself in a certain way, it's very important to ask yourself, is it beneficial? And is it my belief or is it belief that I took from somebody? You know, if your parents repeated to you or your childhood that you were messy and you started to believe you were messy, this is who I am. I'm just a messy person. That's it. Maybe you are actually not. Maybe you can take a decision today to choose differently. And this works like that with in absolutely every part of your life, regarding money, regarding relationship, regarding happiness, regarding creativity, regarding self-love. It's like whatever you think about yourself becomes your reality. And so it's really important to question our own beliefs and question if they are really our beliefs or if there are other people's beliefs about us. Are they beneficial to us or they are not? And the moment we actually open ourselves to think that we might actually not know at all who we are. We open the door to the possibility to actually create it from scratch. And when you open that door, you can literally become absolutely everything. And in from a professional
0: perspective, I mean, we all have some kind of a professional tagline or tag about who we are and what we do, actually. Uh, I mean, nobody nowadays is asking us, uh, Dorota, who are you or what? or what are you being, but rather, what are you doing, right? That's the kind of a key question that one gets every day. So the tag line or the quick answer to that question is also one way of framing ourselves all the time. So we typically base it on our our experience. So what is, I mean, if I'm, for example, an expert in brand development and communications and so on, that's like one tag, you could say. But that doesn't say very much really about my abilities and a broader specter. So what is your advice in terms of these professional, let's say, frames that we have?
1: Right. It's an excellent question, first of all, because it really uh, shows how we are conditioned and how we are limited by an external world and how much we are forced to actually frame ourselves. And so I actually never accept this question from other people. And I choose to reply in the way that will be enriching to me and who I am so I always reply what I'm passionate about and what I'm working on at the moment and I might reply what I was doing previously but I never reply in the sentence that this is who I am because that is a frame itself and I choose to be able to become everything and so you can simply in your case reply Yes, I've been working in branding for many years, but now I'm really passionate about bringing more personal growth into cooperation. And what I'm even more passionate about is to shifting people's awareness about this and that. And there is a beginning of a wonderful conversation that is much deeper than if people just ask you, what are you doing in your day-to-day job? So you open the door to actually connect on much deeper level with the person you just met. And so I would really advise people to reframe their question. Ask people what they are passionate about. Ask people who they are, who do they think they are, what they would like to change in their lives. Go deep right away. And I guarantee you that the conversation we will have from that place will be uh, slightly different and less heavy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And still we are living in this, you know life where where we are forced into the fact that we need to tag things all the time right we tag ourselves tag the content tag the stuff so that we are searchable that we are it's clear to people i mean the people's attention span is like 60 seconds if you haven't mastered what you want to say in 60 seconds you you're gone you know they, they look elsewhere right so we we are at the same time we're so forced into this framing and, and tagging ourselves and, and still i see the power in in your advice you know so it's, it's too like extremes.
1: <laughs> completely, completely. And that's why the, the awareness of people needs to change rapidly, because otherwise we are not going to end up in a nice spot. And I think really question frame our reality. And not only what we ask others, but what we ask ourselves. And, you know, on your bad day, you have a choice. You can ask yourself, why am I doing so bad? Or you can ask yourself, how can I get better? And those two questions create completely different reality. First one will show you exactly, precisely, why you are bad and you will feel even worse. And the second one will create a solution in your life. So, Dorota, um, what is actually
0: your passion? You know, the thing that you are also willing to suffer for if needed?
1: I think my passion is simply life. And as simple as it sounds, I really try to live every second of my life with the biggest gratitude, the biggest inspiration, the biggest motivation, the biggest passion, starting from my uh, coffee ritual every single morning when I wake up and I just jump back to my bed and can really reconnect with myself and life that day and appreciate what is ahead of me. And it's really, really trying to keep that wonder and that excitement about small things, really about really small things, like going for a walk, riding my my bike, eating ice cream. And if you can, you know, have this kind of passion about small things that you can really appreciate the big things in your life when they are coming. And of course, I could say art, I could say love, creativity, consciousness, personal growth and conscious relating people and all of that. And, And it's all truth. It's all truth. I'm passionate about all of it. But the biggest passion I simply have, I think, for life in general. And I'm so fascinated by, by, by moments I can experience. And, and I try to look at those moments and it was the, the first time I was ever experiencing them with completely different uh, new eye and new perception. And what are the
0: transformational points in your life that have so far influenced you the most?
1: The biggest point in my life that really brought a massive change was uh, what I mentioned already before. Six, seven maybe years ago, I was on Vipassana retreat in Thailand and I had out-of-body experience. And at that time, I suffered from a very rare blood disease that would uh, really limit my life in a really big way because I would experience daily pain and and I would not really allow me to have a normal relationship that wouldn't allow me to live my life to the fullest. And I would hide my pain. I would uh, hide my suffering. I wouldn't share anymore with people how, how bad I was really doing. And that time in Thailand, when I, when I had this out-of-body experience, I re-experienced my body for the very first time. That means that I was actually really re-experiencing touch for the very first time and what does it mean to hear something and what does it mean to see something and what does it mean to touch something. And I was able to control completely pain in my body and, um, and different processes during that time and all sort of psychic abilities would actually be activated. And I didn't know back then what happened to me. I just found out that I completely self-healed myself from my disease And I never took any medication since. And so what happened after that changed my life completely is that I started to study consciousness. And I started to study the state that happened to me. And I tried to understand what have exactly happened and how could I use that knowledge to help other people. And that brought me to this fascination about human beings and life and altered states of consciousness. And I realized that most of our suffering actually comes from the self-rejection, what I already mentioned before. But that this is another topic to explain what exactly shifted, but that was definitely uh, the most significant moment of my life.
0: Mm. Can you imagine? Wow. And, and today, do you still feel that you have these, let's say, abilities present, that you're extremely you know, empathetic and you can kind of feel things?
1: Absolutely. So that state that I experienced, I stayed with that state during that time for 10 days. But then I had to go through so-called reintegration process, which is actually the hardest. And that that was around two years. Because awakening nowadays, it's not hard. There are studies, there are courses, there are programs that have 70% of awakening. That means change of perception and self-perception and by the definition of awakening. I don't remember exactly what is the definition, but but there are those methods and techniques that, uh, through which we can access very easily a state of awakening. The hardest and much hardest where there is a massive lack of knowledge is how to reintegrate that knowledge. Because most of the time when people go through a shift of awareness and shift of perception, they actually want to separate. So strangely experiencing this huge oneness with the world at the same time creates the biggest disconnection with everything that we knew, that everything that was familiar, that everything that was coming from our past. And uh, many people just separate from the society and, and want to live completely different life. And in my opinion, that is not what is going to help humanity. What is going to help humanity is to bring that knowledge and work on that knowledge and expand that knowledge and bring it back to people so we can actually awaken more and more but it's simply not easy because you feel suddenly you are not as understood as you were you you look at things and they are different and people can't understand what do you mean and people you, you just feel extremely disconnected And it takes a really a long time to transform that feeling into unconditional love when you can look at every single person and see inside of them yourself and look at every single person and see in them more than they can see inside themselves. And with that kind of look at every single person that brings so much love and so much of a higher vibration that that is going to shift people even without you verbalizing anything so for me it became kind of a practice to how can I bring this knowledge back and how can I train it so I meditate every day I develop different skills I'm extremely intuitive my whole family was psychic so It's easier for me to access those states and get the downloads of messages and be able to type to people and and kind of read and help them with their problems, with their sabotaging programs and limited beliefs. And and I kind of know where, where it's coming from and how can I help much quicker than maybe just if I was trying to understand something purely by my mind. I trust my ability and I trust my heart and I learn to question my mind. And I learned to question my thoughts. And I think that if there is anything that we should learn to control in our lives, it's our mind. But all the le- rest, we should let go and just follow everything that is um, guiding us. Mm.
0: It's so true. And still, everybody is in their mind, right? All the time. And, and everything around us and the way professional environments are shaped and so on. It's everything. It's about respecting the rational mind and the
1: power of mind and all that right and just to clarify I was a massive gig in school my best subject was chemistry physics math and all of that which you would never say about me but I'm actually a gig so for me to abandon my mind sometimes that loves understanding everything it wasn't that easy but I think this combination of actually having your mind and questioning everything and asking a a right question that you know, what brings uh, also such a huge month of wonder where actually the answers can come to you, mm. right? You simply need to open to receive those answers.
0: The trust. And when, you, when it comes to, you know, the reality of companies and businesses and that you've been part of so many years as well, what would you say is like the long-term formula for businesses that you believe in?
1: From the perspective of a leader is really to bring more awareness to people in the company so not only the company can bring more good to the world and be more conscious company but if we're talking about the individuals i think every work that we do need a full commitment and presence i think that whatever we do in general in our life if we are not 100 percent present we actually never are going to do that thing well. It might be a conversation with other person, it might be cooking, but we started, people in general, started to live so much in the future and so much in the past and avoid the present moment that very often we do things automatically without questioning things anymore. And those automatism make us kind of live in the dream, in an illusion of this world. And if you only try to bring more presence and live, be more in the now, not only will we feel more f- happy and fulfilled by whatever actually we do, but also the productivity, the creativity, the innovation that we are going to bring to every single project is going to be tremendous. And so I would say it's a really mindset. It really doesn't matter what you do. All what matters is how you do it. And so we can get to exactly same place through many different doorways. And so if somebody, even if, you know, people very often are frustrated working in corporations and they have a burnout and they suffer from overload and all of that, it's because they're in this constant stress on trying to get somewhere all the time. And they're running and their mind is always three days, weeks ahead of them. And their family, their personal life suffers and all of that. The company is not satisfied from their result because, you know, you can't perform well if you are not feeling well yourself. So if we try to change our mindset, it really brings more peace and more presence into our life. And that means doing everything that we do consciously, from making a tea, being fully present with that, In that moment of drinking that tea, taking a breakfast, fully appreciating the food we are eating and taking it and accepting it fully to our body. Then going to work, sitting down, having a conversation, being 100% in this conversation, not thinking about the phone calls we are having in five minutes or projects on another meeting, being 100% in, not only we will feel so much more satisfied from our day, but also we will have much better results. So it's a very simple technique, but it can really tremendously change our well-being, not only in the workplace, in a corporation, but on a daily basis in our personal and professional life.
0: Mm.
1: And if you would say that um,
0: you have all kinds of doors open to you and all kinds of resources available to you, what would you rush to innovate or change actually?
1: my big big passion at the moment is really to combine the world of art with consciousness and i think the art industry fine arts industry contemporary art industry has been massively unutilized and what we see in art galleries is uh, yes sometimes visually stimulating but sometimes uh, not at all and if the person can explain why Um, black box is standing in the middle of the floor it has a reason to be there and I just find it a little bit sad that we are actually not using all these spaces and such a powerful industry to bring more consciousness to people so actually my dream is to start a completely new movement in art industry that would be conscious art, where we would create, instead of normal exhibitions, exhibitions that can really transform people's lives within an hour, and can bring deeper, emotional, transformative experiences to their life, so they don't have to fly anymore and pay five, six thousand Dollars for a retreat or conference, they can go simply to art gallery and have the same impact on their life. So I'm interested in combining technology, and combining all the different tools that we have: videography, uh, photography, um, sonography, to create those experiences in art industry. Uh, so we can really, really bring that to everybody and all around the world. So that is where my vision is for the future.
0: Mm. amazing that sounds really inspiring i would uh, love to see that happening
1: i'm working on on designing forest uh, exhibition like that in barcelona this year
0: you're doing lots of things and how do you manage to do everything and at the same time be super present in every moment and, and have the the bike ride and the
1: Well, I simply, whatever I do in that moment, I'm fully present. (laughs) It's as simple as that. If I have an interview with you right now, I am fully in here with you. And if in five minutes I jump to talk about the Barcelona project, that I'm fully there. But I do try to choose the project very wisely. And I did cut a lot of cords recently with the project that you know, that were very interesting, but maybe not giving me as much space and time. And I think sometimes we need to make choices and we have to choose wisely what is the most important for us. It's good to have a priority list and why why we want to do something, because the why is the most important. If you know why... You want to get this job and not another if you know why you want to have a relationship if you know why you want to bring buy a bigger house it's not only going to attract those things uh, in a much faster way to you but also will make you realize that what you are really looking for most of the time are feelings. You want to have a bigger house because you want to feel more comfortable. So how can you create more comfort in your life right now? If you want to be in the relationship, it might be because you simply want to feel loved. So how can you create more love in your life right now? And it's really bringing the outcome of whatever your dreams are, trying to bring it to every moment. And then all that you are working on, you don't put any pressure on it anymore. And without pressure... Every single project is a pleasure. It's not longer work, but it's really a passion.
0: Dorota, what about you know leaders? However you define what is a leader, in my opinion, it is at least a, a person who is willing to go to places where other people have not been. You know, to be more of an experimental approach to leadership rather than you know to be the one to, who has every answer and who can point out every direction. But if you would give one piece of advice to people who are leaders out there what would it be
1: i would say simply love yourself because everything starts with you and if we have enough of self-love we're gonna love other people and we're gonna reunite with other people and we're gonna create better and deeper relationships and contacts and collaborations and all of that if you're good if you emanate a beautiful energy and connection within yourself you are going to attract all these amazing people around you i believe simply that everything starts with you and so if there is any worry that has to be done it's on yourself always that's so true
0: so simple and so yet so true what do you think is the most important thing for all companies in this world right now to really focus on right now if there would be one common denominator
1: I think that what the world needs the most right now is to reunite, is to really reunite. And we've been in our societies, in cooperation, we've been so divided, so separated from each other that we no longer know what does it mean to be reunited, really, and what does it feel. And and there is such a huge alienation that we can watch and observe in societies, in people, in cultures, that I think what we all need is to really reunite. And that goes with starting from reuniting with ourselves to learning how to reunite with uh, the other person, literally learning and teaching ourselves again what it means to be fully connected with somebody and then connecting with each other and connecting, you know, with people from all around the world. That is what we need the most in my opinion. We can watch that through collaboration, through uh, creating beautiful projects all together, but everything should be around reuniting people.
0: Yeah, and I actually met yesterday a, a person discussing a project, and he said, You know, I really don't think that we need in this world more kind of events or people doing keynote speeches or, or trying to inspire us and all that. We're and giving us more information and, and toolboxes and recipes. And he said, What we really need is actually just to also make sure that we create environments where people can meet and co create things together, like a physical meeting point in a physical creation and manifestation of projects and ideas rather than i thought that was
1: really a relevant point absolutely collaboration reunion and um, kind of coming together to create something bigger than ourselves
0: if we can in the company where we work if we can there be invited to create something bigger than themselves that's really a beautiful and powerful thing to do and that's why i'm so intrigued and interested in trying to help people or help companies actually to get to that point where they can use themselves as an instrument for a bigger thing than themselves okay um Dorota, just out of curiosity before we uh, exit uh, how, how did you feel about being on the podcast
1: it was absolutely wonderful. I love the energy, I loved your questions. I love the reflection. and um, I love just sharing um, you know, my point of view with, with other people and again maybe we can reunite in, in those points of view and in the commitment to growth and in the commitment to love and in the commitment to union.
0: Sure. Thank you so much, uh, Dorota. Thanks for sharing everything. And for people who want to find out
1: more about you and what you're doing next and so on, where should they head? Yes, all my upcoming uh, projects, uh, books, online courses, um, workshops and retreats are all featured in, on my website, dorotastanczyk.com. And then all my art projects and creative projects are uh, featured on uh, my creative agency website, which is munkawa.org.
0: Okay. They will also find uh, all the links and show notes on um, corporateunplugcom slash podcast, and they will find all your the links to your websites and to Munkava as well. And uh, so remember to uh, then subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Acast, and also share this episode with your network and friends for impact. Share it with the people you know would benefit from hearing this thank you for listening and until next week live with purpose and remember to unplug ciao Dorota, thank you so much